on 88.3 Southern FM. This is The Scout Show. This is The Scout Show. This is The Scout Show. Welcome to the November edition of The Scout Show. My name's Tom and I'm a venturer. And joining me today is Taya, who's also a venturer. Hi, Taya. Hey, Tom. How are you doing? Pretty good. Well, coming up this month, we have our usual segment, Meta Leader, as well as our top five segment, which was for the first time hosted by Angus. We also have Would You Rather, interviews, and much more. Heaps to look forward to in this edition of The Scout Show. On 88.3 Southern FM, this is The Scout Show. It's now time for Meta Leader. Last month, Zach interviewed David Searle, who is the District Commissioner for Sunraysia and was the Production Director for Sunraysia Gang Show for 25 years. I was uh, I was very, very lucky to be selected as one of the uh, door openers for the Lady Di and Charles visit back in the uh, mid-80s. And um, I'd just received my Queen Scout Award at the time, so... I was one, along with your dad, Wayne, Zach, um, was one of the other people, along with a couple of other guides that were uh, lucky enough to be official door openers. So I got to be down at the new fountain at the bottom of 7th Street and Deacon Avenue, just on the overlooking the Murray River there. I was lucky enough to open the door for both Lady Di and Prince Charles at that time when they pulled up and got to say hello. And yeah, that was... A real highlight. There was thousands of people there that day. It was just absolutely magic. Nice hot day. It was typical Madura Madura day as well. Nice and sunny and hot, and uh, put on a fantastic day weather-wise for for the Royals. It was yeah, fantastic. To listen to the full interview, you can catch up by searching the Scout Show wherever you get your podcasts, or by visiting Anchor.fm/scoutsvictoria. This month on Meet a Leader, Matt interviewed two leaders who met each other through scouting and earlier this year got married. The Scout Show's Meet a Leader. Thank you, Tom and Taya, and welcome to this month's Meet a Leader segment, where we're going to do something a little bit different. We've got a scouting couple. These two met years ago through scouting and have been doing scouting together ever since. So welcome to Meet a Leader times two with Jake and Cara Barker. First of all, Cara, tell me a bit about your scouting journey and how you became a leader. Um, Well, I started in scouting as a joey and worked my way through all the sections. I then became a cub leader and finally I'm a group leader at First City of Camberwell. And I believe you were a cub leader with Jake all those years ago. We were cub leaders together actually at First City. Um, We uh, always seem to work together. (laughs) We work well, I think. (laughs) And Jake, tell us a bit about your scouting journey. Yeah, so I've been a part of First City of Camberwell right throughout my scouting, all the way through Cubs, all the way through to Rovers, and I'm also still a Cub leader at the moment, so still enjoying my time in the Cub Scout section. Tara, many Scouts, Ventures, and even Rovers wouldn't know about the work that a group leader puts in. Could you tell us a bit about the group leader role? Being a group leader is really about supporting your leaders while they're supporting the youth in their sections. So it's all about keeping them up with information and really engaging with them and helping them in any way that you can. Cara, I believe you've also got a major role in the planning of the next jamboree in Elmore in 2022. That's right, Matt. I'm actually the Director of People and Wellbeing for AJ 2022. And so what does that role entail? I'm in charge of the team that works towards making sure everyone is happy, healthy and safe. So I work with our health team, our wellbeing team, our emergency services team and our child safety team, as well as the Venturers. And Jake, it's been a very different year in scouting. What have been some of the challenges 
running Cubs on Zoom this year? Yeah, so it was very difficult early on as we didn't have too many ideas. But as the year went on, my Cub leaders and I really got into a groove of planning nights and, and doing different things. We ended up making some pizzas in cups and cakes in cups and things like that. And the Cubs really enjoyed the quiz game Kahoot and we played a lot of those along the way too because they seemed to really enjoy them and got a lot out of them as well. And Jake, what have been the last couple of weeks like now that you've been able to return to -to face-to-face scouting? Oh, they've been fantastic, actually. The kids have loved seeing each other and the main idea that came out of those first two nights was just to get the Cubs back into the groove of seeing each other and and they were excited to see each other as well. It's been a long time and there was a little bit of leeway going on with how many things that we were doing on the night just to get them back into the groove of being with each other again. And Cara, how important and valuable do you think it is for young people within your scout group and many others throughout Australia to be involved in scouting? Well, I think it's really important to be involved in scouting because it can really benefit in different ways. As you know, scouting is very youth-led and not many other youth activities can say that they are predominantly youth-led, which I think is extremely important and beneficial. What's one way scouting's benefited you in your life? I think it's really taught me confidence. I'm an event planner in real life and I think it's really helped me really know what I am good at if that makes sense like know that I can answer or deal with whatever comes my way and I think that's really brought on by my confidence in scouts. And Jake what's one thing that scouting's benefited you through your life as well? Yes it's a point of difference really scouting's brought to me it's early on I was uh, I played a lot of sport and I, I just really needed something different to sort of mix up the person who I am and it's really worked out really really well and it's given me that point of difference in my life and my my thinking and my my learning also as being a teacher has also helped in that aspect as well. And Cara would you say that to some people listening maybe a parent for example or someone who isn't currently involved in scouting at all who might be considering a leader would you tell them to do it or? 100% I'd tell them to do it I think You get a lot of things out of being a leader. You get to really engage with the kids and see them having fun and really watch them grow and show their initiative as they, you know, develop through the sections. Jake, you give up so many hours every week to be a leader. Why do you do it? And what would you say is the best part about being a leader? Well, that's a a very loaded loaded question there, Matt. But no, it's very very rewarding is, is the best way to, to explain my thoughts on, on why I do it and, and why I've done it for nine plus years now being a cub leader and it, it's to see the joy and the happiness on their face when they're doing activities and when they've done something for the first time you feel really good that you were the one that was able to teach them that and make them a better person and it just really gives you a warm fuzzy feeling inside. And we'll be back for part two of this interview in just a few moments. Welcome back to The Scout Show, here on Southern FM. Let's take a listen to part two of the interview with Jake and Cara Barker as part of our Meet a Leader segment. Now, Jake and Cara, you both met through scouting and you've done so many things together. What were some of those things that you've done throughout scouting in the past? Uh, Well, as we mentioned before, Jake and I were cub leaders together, but before that we were actually in the same Rovers section. And even before that, we met in Campbell Showtime at Jake was 11 and I was 15. And as we progressed through Showtime and we joined the production team and we worked up the ranks there, we actually became quite good friends. And then I guess eventually (laughs) 
we started dating and fell in love. Earlier this year, I, I know for a fact that you guys actually got married in a scalpel of all places. Yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. The, the whole hall didn't really look like itself and the, the amount of work that, that people put in and the hours and hours that both of our parents put in into the hall, it, it looked absolutely amazing. So there was so many people there and it was a lot of a lot of scouting people as well which was which was really great and it was great that we could share it in a place that we've loved for so long thank you jake and cara for being on this month's meet a leader please remember if you think scouting might suit your child or they're keen to join or maybe you're thinking about getting involved more with your community and want to volunteer as a leader you can find out more by going to scoutsvictoria.com.au. Thanks, Matt. Don't forget, if you have any ideas for The Scout Show, please get in contact with us at the Scout Show at scoutsvictoria.com.au. On 88.3 Southern FM, this is The Scout Show. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Jacob. We're, We're two, two of the 50 million scouts around the world. We hike, camp, sail, canoe and climb. It's awesome. Outdoors is our playground and where we learn. From the age of five, we learn to care for ourselves and for others. And together, we develop new skills while we have fun. Scouts is less screen time and more reality. It's about making friends for life. Scouts prepares you for life's adventures. Check out your local scout group at joinscouts.com.au. Send us an email. The Scout Show at scoutsvictoria.com.au. Welcome back to The Scout Show. It's now time to take a listen to this month's Top 5 segment, which was hosted for the first time by Angus. The Scout Show's Top 5. Welcome to this month's Top 5. I'm Angus and this week we are counting down the top 5 best campfire snacks that are truly the best. It doesn't matter if it's a night outdoors, a camp away or any event. These campfire snacks are the best of the best. Five. Coming in at number 5, we have the one and only cooked apples. Simply call that apple, fill it with brown sugar and sultanas, wrap it in aluminium foil and cook on that hot coals. And within minutes, you will have a delicious cooked apple. Four. At number four, we have campfire nachos. Perfect for a quick meal and always delicious. To cook it, all you need to do is place the corn chips into a Dutch pot and place all toppings on top. After about 10 to 15 minutes, the nachos will be ready. Truly a delicious, simple meal. Three. Now for number three, the holy marshmallows. Everyone's favorite and no recipe needed. Just chuck it on a stick and let it cook. Plus, there are so many sizes to choose from. Mini marshmallows are a hit at my group, but they're just behind the big, giant marshmallows. The normal size is not normal. The gooiness when it enters your mouth is unbeatable. At number two on the podium, my troop's favorite and top of the list for all camps is a chocolate banana. A mix of soft gooiness from that banana mixed with a gooey warm chocolate. The chocolate banana is a mind-blowing sensation. To prepare, cut through the middle of your banana so you can fill with chocolate bits. Wrap in aluminium foil and let it cook on the coals. Remember that it's on burning hot coals, so get a leader to help you remove it safely. Number one. And at the top of the leaderboard, taking out the gold medal, it's the best delicious snack in the history of scouting. The s'mores. It's truly the best. Everyone loves a biscuit and chocolate and marshmallows, so add them all together and you get the s'more. Super delicious and a great way to get a delicious snack out of simple ingredients. Place your biscuit underneath the marshmallow, then add the chocolate and the biscuit. Let it cook and it's an absolutely delicious snack from the campfire. 
that's it for this month's top five. Try out these snacks on the campfire. And if you're a cub, it goes towards a cooking badge. It's a win-win. Once again, thanks for listening. The Scout Show's Top 5. Thanks, Angus. That was the Top 5 on The Scout Show. And remember, if you have an idea for the next Top 5, please get in touch. This is The Scout Show Podcast. Welcome back to The Scout Show. In July, the Whittlesey-Millenbeck District split to become the Whittlesey District and the Millenbeck District. Ruben speaks to them to find out how it's going. We are here today with uh, Malcolm Knoll, who is the Whittlesey District Commissioner. Hello, Malcolm. How are you, Ruben? Good. I am in here with Wendy Burns, who is the Nilambic District Leader. Hello, Wendy. Hello, Ruben. How are you? Good. Now, we're going to start with our first question. How long have Whittlesea and Nilambic been one district? Nilambic and Whittlesea were one district from when I started in scouting back in 2011. So it's been nine, ten years. So back in 2010, when there was a realignment of um, scout region boundaries in conjunction with your regional council, the Nilambic district became part of Plenty Valley. And before that, it was Eltham district. And then they realised that there was um, a lot of space available for scouting at Whittlesey. And they decided then to join the two districts together. So that took place and there was an expansion program to go into all the new areas that we could see opening up in um, Doreen Mernda area. And that was basically back in 2012. Why are the Whittlesey and Nillenbeek districts splitting up? When Nillenbeek and Whitt- uh, Whittlesey district was formed at that time, there was only a handful of groups over on the Whittlesey side. But over the last 10 years, the Whittlesea side of the community going up through Mernda, through to Whittlesea, um, up through Epping, has become one of the fastest growing growth corridors for youth and families in the whole state. So as a result, the growth of groups meant that, there were, that ultimately there were 13, 14 groups in the combined district. That was too many to manage as a single district. So splitting was the way to be able to optimise all the teamwork. So... It's a process of growth that's taken place. So when I got invested as the Nillenbeck Whittlesey DC back at uh, the region camp in March 2016, the discussions had already taken place before I came on board. Alan Harding was the region commissioner then, and he'd had discussions with Branch because they could see the potential that was in Whittlesey and how much it was going to just go boom, uh, gangbusters as far as um, youth are concerned with the building that was going out there. They decided at that point that it wouldn't be long before the districts would have to be split. So when I came involved, it was just a matter of implementing the charge of the challenge. So to make the split happen and make it as smoothly as possible. So with seven groups in um, Whittlesea by the time the split happened, and the existing eight groups in um, Nilambic to cover that area. It's about 30 kilometres from Lower Plenty to Whittlesea Group itself. That was a lot of area for my district leaders, um, program leaders, to actually be travelling if they needed to get from one end of the district to the other in two nights. So the purpose was that the numbers were really big. So as a DC, I look after the people and the section leaders look after the program. So as a DC, all that administration and looking after two really flourishing districts um, became very difficult to juggle everything at once. So that's when we went ahead with the decision to split 
the two districts apart. When did the two districts start splitting up and when did you become a part of the process? <laughs> the, they've been talking about the district split for oh, 18 months, two years, because things in scouting need to be planned really accurately and diligently. Um, I got involved in the process late last year when I was interviewed by Alan Harding to be the district commissioner. Um, I then got my decision early in January and I was invested at the Plenty Valley Region Gathering um, at the beginning of this year, the last event before COVID-19. So, of course, becoming district commissioner was from officially from the, uh, from the beginning of this census year. Are the districts still going to do things together? Absolutely. Um, just one of the passions I have for scouting in Whittlesea and, and across scouting as a whole is that we are one family of scouting. And districts should work together, groups should work together and provide the very best scouting for everyone involved. So Nillenbick and Whittlesea continue to work together. Um, we still have a combined scout section, so they still work as what a single um, unit. Um, but our district, com- district leaders are all working with their counterparts on the Nillenbick side. Going along that, is there anything planned for next year? Well, look, there's lots of things planned for next year. Nothing has been locked down because obviously the planning that we wanted to put in place was constantly um, challenged by the uh, virus. And as a result, we haven't got anything district locked down at the moment, but we are working on that as we speak. Um, But clearly we're going to be wanting to take part in scouting events as they come up um on a, on a region and on a state basis oh there'll be a whole lot of things planned for next year when we can go back to face-to-face scouting um i know cohen shields already been talked about for the scout section which will happen towards the end of november has the covid19 pandemic actually affected the splitting of the two districts the coronavirus um challenge didn't impact the split the split was an administrative process and team building. Um, What it did do was obviously affect the amount of youth attending and the way we undertook scouting over the last eight or nine months. And the districts, uh, as a plural, have done an amazing job of working as teams to provide the best policy scouting regardless of group or or section. Um, So it's seen a great deal of building of team spirit, um, of changing the way scouting is thought about, And as we now head towards face-to-face again, it's an amazing amount of optimism in what this is all going to look like, both as Whittlesea District, but also as part of the larger region and state. To make the split happen, what was my challenge was to build two teams that run side by side for six months before the split. So Malcolm Moyle was invested as the Whittlesea District Commissioner again at a region camp back in March this year. Malcolm had pretty much his team picked out um, before the split had happened so that they were uh, had already co- been coached long as to what they had to do so that when the split actually became official on the 1st of July, they were up and ready and functioning ready on, um, on the spot. So COVID was just like everyone else. It just forced us indoors and onto Zoom. It's been a pretty good um, transition. Um, I think it's been seamless simply because of how much planning went into it. When the discussion happened about the split with the group leaders, uh, that first discussion probably happened within the first six months of me becoming DC back in 2016. 
So we've had a long time planning it and in the process. Um, it hasn't been used to anyone. Um, Whittlesey were always going to be supported and have been supported by the leaders and the district at um, Millenbeek um, to bring them along. So it was no surprise to anyone that it was gonna, going to take place. It's been an interesting year. How did scout groups go online? It was, it was mixed. Um, as you can imagine, different scout groups have different approaches to technology, to the idea of taking online scouting. Some groups adopted very, very early, um, and they were out doing face-to-face scouting literally from the first weeks of the virus challenge. Um, other groups took longer to come to the party based on their, their reluctance to do online scouting. Basically, as we got through to the latter half of the last, say, in the last three months, nearly every group in the um, district has been enga- fully engaged on Zooms, on Zoom or Teams meetings, and in some cases working with other groups. So, for argument's sake, South Morang has been working with Epping North. Epping has been working with Laylor or other groups. So we've been working as one big team as a, um, to provide best, best scouting we can. Our groups did a fabulous job online. Um, I cannot think of um, a group that hasn't had some kind of change or adapt- adaptation that they've done really well. Not all groups went online. Some decided to just do um, a paper-based program because many of our youth were online for school. And Zoom, especially for sections like Joey's, it's not as interactive or as social as we know Joey's love to be, or Cubs for that matter. But we even had Cub TV come out of it for some groups. They were doing... Um, adventurous activities online and they were actually doing I've actually seen a video of a Joey doing her alpine skills by building a snow cave in the dirt on her back in her backyard with her skis to adapt to what she did have available to her to achieve the um the process so you know we're amazing resilient people our scouters and our leaders have shown a fabulous, fabulous example to our youth as to what we can get on with when we want to. Been brilliant that we can now return to face-to-face scoutings. What activities have some of your groups been doing? Well, as you can imagine, Ruben, it's only been uh, a few, what, two weeks effectively. Uh, the first week that we were allowed to uh, go face-to-face, I attended a Joey Mob uh, meeting. And like like everything there, it's pretty well since, it's been outdoor events. We're not allowed in the halls. So with Joey's, they've been doing activities and games and things that got the youth fully engaged and running around and getting back to Joey's as we know them. The Cub section has done some work with um, scouts and done some hikes. Um, your own group actually did a hike only this week uh, and stargazing. So they've been getting out and doing some really sort of really good activities in the outdoors, obviously, you know, putting in risk assessments and registering online and everything else. But it's been really exciting to see youth getting engaged and starting to see youth that weren't pre- that were not so happy about online coming back full of excitement. Yeah, that's all our questions. Thank you, Malcolm. Absolute pleasure, Ruben. Oh, face-to-face scouting. Well, I know there's one section that decided as soon as it was announced, they were out the door and you couldn't see them for dust, and that was Venturers. So the Venturers knew that they could be outside social distancing and they had plans afoot straight away. I've also seen Joey's out doing walks um, in the rain last night. 
um, and Cubs again tonight were out and about in their local area just checking out what the scenery is. Being fabulous. That's all the questions I have for you today. And thank you, Wendy, for joining me. And thanks, Ruben. Good luck. This is the Scout Show. Last month, we spoke to Team Scouts Australia from the world's toughest race about their experience in the Eco Challenge. What did you think about it, Taya? I thought it was really interesting and would recommend you all check it out if you haven't already. Oh, it was about six or seven years ago. Seven years ago, we fit out our first adventure race. So I guess, what were we then? Early 30s. Right? Early 30s. But I would say we've been training for adventure racing um, throughout our whole time in Scouts. So we were, I went right through Scouts. I was a cub and a Scout, an adventurer, a rover and a leader. Um, and through that whole time, I think I was using that as a bit of gaining experience for adventure racing. And Marnie, you were much the same, yeah? Yeah, so I started off as a brownie and a girl guide and joined Venturers after that and then Rovers. So Marl and I started adventure racing about the same time, but as he said, we'd done lots of expeditions, lots of hiking and all sorts of adventurous activities through Scouts for quite a few decades before that. Oh, look, I think Scouts is a perfect place to start. Um, the skills that you're learning in Scouts at the moment and Venturers and Rovers is um, basically the skills that can get you through an adventure race. To listen to the interview, you can catch up by searching The Scout Show wherever you get your podcasts or by visiting anchor.fm slash scoutsvictoria. We'll be back after this short break here on 88.3 Southern FM. You're listening to The Scout Show. So what did you do on the weekend? Oh, you know, just stayed at home, acted as a taxi for the kids. Mm. <laughs> There's just never enough time to get things done. You? I, I went hiking and canoeing with the kids and got qualified as a snorkeling instructor. <sighs> But I know what you mean, the weekends really are too short. You did all that? Yeah. I mean, why should the kids have all the fun? Join Scouts as a leader. You'd love it. Oh, the kids would too. Do it. Just go to joinscouts.com.au. You're listening to The Scout Show. It's now time for the second edition of Would You Rather, which was hosted by Finn, who's a scout. Take it away, Finn. This is The Scout Show's Would You Rather... Welcome to this month's edition of Would You Rather here on The Scout Show. My name's Finn and joining me today is Ruben and Bjorn. Would You Rather is a very simple game. I'll read out two topics and Ruben and Bjorn need to pick which one they prefer. Feel free to play along. You guys ready to play? Yep. Yeah. Alright, now our first topic is Would You Rather Have Bush Donuts or Damper? Bjorn, would you like to go first? Yeah, sure. Um... Personally, I prefer bush donuts um, just because, well, I love both, but bush donuts because it's sweet and they just taste really great. So, bush donuts for me. What about you, Ruben? I personally will go with damper because I don't think I've ever had bush donuts. Oh. You've missed out. (laughs) Yeah, you've missed out. All right. Our second topic is would you rather have small tents or big tents? All right. This time, let's start off with you, Ruben. Um, I'd prefer big tent because you've got more space. All right. Over to you, Bjorn. Um, it, to be honest, it depends on the camp, but um, big tents are always great fun because you've just got more space to put your stuff, um, more space to move your beds around, um, and yeah, more space to walk around because you're not tripping over everyone's bed to get to your own bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'd probably pick um, big tents. Yeah. All right, on to our next topic, which is would you rather have bucket lunch or nothing? Bjorn, how about you go first? Yeah, sure. Um, to be honest, it really depends uh, what meals we've had on the camp. Yeah. But if it's been good meals, then, yeah, I'm very happy to have bucket lunch. But, of course, if there's food 
that wasn't great and definitely not great combined, uh, then to be honest, I'd be happy with nothing. All right. Good answer. Over to you, Ruben. Yeah, I agree with Bjorn there that it depends on what your mixtures are to make your bucket lunch. But quite often they'll be good mixtures, so I'll go bucket. All right. Next. Oh, this is a hard one. Would you rather go sailing or canoeing? And we'll start with you, Ruben, this time. Um, I would go canoeing because I reckon canoeing gets a lot more uh, competitive with other people. Oh, yeah, you're more competitive than non-competitive? Yeah, I, I get very competitive at times. All right, over to you, Bjorn. Well, I really love sailing, so I'm going to go with sailing. Um, the main reason is just because you go much faster than canoeing, and when the wind picks up, um, it's just, yeah, heaps of fun, and you can go really fast. Uh, you can turn around very fast. It's, it's just great fun. So, um, yeah, sailing for me. Seems like you have a need for speed. <laughs> All right, speaking of speed, let's go to our next topic. Would you rather have a bike hike or a walking hike? Off to you, Bjorn. Um, I also really like cycling, so probably uh, probably a cycling hike, um, just because you get to go to more places, as in because you're faster, you get to go further, which is great fun. So, yeah, cycling hike for me. Good answer. All right, let's go to you now, Ruben. I agree with Bjorn there that a bike hiker is faster and you get to go more places, so it's much funner. All right, our next topic is would you rather carpool or travel on your own to and from events? We'll start off with you, Bjorn. Um, probably carpool, just because you have great fun with your friends um, on the way to the camp. And, um, yeah, it, it makes time go much faster. Uh, but at the same time, if you go on your own, then, you know, you can watch Netflix and stuff. So <laughs> both work, but it also depends on, on the length. I personally don't have Netflix, so I do not know oh, you're missing out. Uh, anything about that. <laughs> All right, over to you, Ruben. Yeah, I agree with Beyond there that you get you have more fun going carpooling because you can have fun listening to music and enjoying having games, depending on your length. But quite often, your length will be long and you'll be playing games in the car. Good answer. All right, our next topic is, for the rest of your scouting journey, would you rather have one serving or two servings per meal? You have to eat either that whole serving or those two servings, no matter how full you are. All right, we'll start off with you, Ruben. Yeah, I, I seem to eat a lot of food even when I'm not on camp, so I'll go two whole servings. All right, off to you, Bjorn. <laughs> I'd probably agree with Ruben just because... Yeah, more, more food is better. And camp food is, like, normally very, very good, so I'm, I'm happy to have more. <laughs> yeah. All right. For our last topic of this edition of Would You Rather, would you rather go to bed early or go to bed late? Off to you, Bjorn. Look, this one also really depends on what events are on that night. If there's nothing really big happening, um, then I'm happy to go to bed early. But if there are fun events, then late's probably the way to go. Um, but it also depends what's happening in the next morning. So if you want to be awake early um, for an event the next day, then you'll definitely want to go to bed early. Um, but if there's nothing happening the next morning, then um, yeah, feel free to go to bed late. Yeah, very situational. All right. And finally, to you, Ruben. Yeah, I I don't think, in my eyes, it really depends on what's on. I always seem to go to bed late and then even get up early the next morning. Yeah, that is the same with me too. I do not like going to bed. 
And thank you everyone for tuning in to this month's edition of The Scout Show's Would You Rather. Thanks, Finn. That was Would You Rather. Let us know if you've got any topics you would like featured in our next Would You Rather. You can email us at thescoutshow at scoutsvictoria.com.au. Well, that practically wraps up our show for this month. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to everyone who was involved in making this month's show. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. And until next month, keep Keep scouting. scouting. The Scout Show. The Scout Show. The Scout Show. The Scout Show. The Scout Show.